Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. In this series, we are talking about discipleship, and as promised, I have brought a guest today. Uh, It takes a lot of guts, a lot of nerve to just kind of show up and be like, oh, we're just going to kind of wing it, because we're just going to have a conversation today. So Kyler, we call you Kyler, and here's why. Um, her her first name is actually Jessica Morgan. Yeah. They call her Morgan. And Kyler at one point actually lived in our home. And I have a Morgan mm-hmm. in my house. Number three of six is named Morgan. And so we all called you Kyler. Mm-hmm. And it has stuck. And so I don't know anybody that really calls you Morgan hard anymore. Does your husband call you Morgan? Yeah. Okay. Well, Brit- he, and- he can do that. <laughs> and Brittany's kids shockingly call me Morgan. Okay. Interesting. And your littles call me Morgan Kyler. Morgan Kyler, not just Morgan, because, you know. So today we're talking about discipleship, and I wanted to bring you on to share kind of some of your experience. I know you've watched some of the episodes. Maybe you haven't seen them all. It doesn't matter. The point is, is you have gotten to experience discipleship based on all the things I've been talking about through this entire series, which is discipleship is more than just about giving and gaining information. Mm -hmm. It's about living a life of demonstration, taking somebody with you, Mm -hmm. um, having them assist you in things. Mm -hmm. Um, So super open, broad questions, because I really just want to give you freedom to share your experience um, with discipleship. So go, (laughs) green light, go. So share a little bit about your your experience with discipleship. Okay. Um, well, I remember like the whole, the whole way it started. I think, um, our youth pastor, when I was a teenager, gave a message on discipleship and, um, it was more, he talked about it more as a mentorship. And I remember asking the Holy Spirit, like, well, yeah, asking the Holy Spirit, I was like, who, you know, I really want this mentorship. My parents weren't really, um, that kind of resource for me at the time. And so, I remember asking the Holy Spirit, and he was like, Lisa Schwartz, and when I when I first knew you, I didn't really care for you, so I was like, <laughs> oh, no, no, but I asked you um, if you would disciple me, and you said, yeah, and this is what it looks like, and it was a matter of meeting every single week, um, or it was a matter of me you picking me up on your way to the grocery store, or um, you were going to a couple meetings, like especially when you shared Crazy Eight, um, and it was bringing me along, or it was taking the kids to the park and come with us, and mm-hmm. it was a lot of just bringing you in on what I already do, more than um, well, it was meeting every Thursday at TGI Fridays. Yes, so um, there was definitely that time of giving and receiving and finishing the teaching, mm-hmm. but it was more than that, right? Yeah, there was a just a whole relationship aspect where, you know, there's a lot of giving and teaching and giving and receiving in um, just youth ministry and church and all of that. And there, it, that just wasn't what I needed. I really needed someone to build a relationship with me and know me well enough to really um, pour into my life specifically mm-hmm. to what I needed. That's and, good. Uh, I think that's what I just took the most out of it. So you were almost like another parent, but... It was like a deeper relationship than a parent, I guess. You were just a really great mentor to me during that time. So, still are. I know. (laughs) So, how old are you now? 29. 29. And we met when you were? 15. 15. Mm -hmm. So, really, when I really hardcore started discipling you, I think you were 17? 16. 16. 16. And then some challenges came in to play with your family, Mm -hmm. Um, just which is neither here nor there. It's all part of her beautiful testimony at this point. 
but we were able to kind of bring you in for a little bit in our house, which is an, a bonus in discipleship. I don't think that's necessarily a requirement, but it's where you were at and what mm -hmm. I feel like the Lord called us to do. But beyond all that, um, I love that you touched on like just kind of the taking you with me. I was really busy. Six yeah. kids, homeschooling. <laughs> and so a lot of people are like, well, I don't have time to disciple. And I'm like, look, just take them with you. Like mm -hmm. live a life worthy of, of imitation. And have um, have just relationship mm -hmm. with them. So let's talk specifically about um, what kind of discipleship, if any, you had before that, or how this was different from what you had experienced. Um, I think before that, I really just had a relationship with youth leaders. Like it wasn't ever, um, which I value a lot, and it was greatly appreciated, and I love the people that poured into my life. But it was very, uh, I don't know, it wasn't as involved. And, well, uh, I like that word, yeah. And mm -hmm. it wasn't uh, the 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 pouring into that I wanted or needed at that time, and um, it was just, I guess, a shallow is a bad word. I can come yeah, up with that, yeah. but you know what I mean. Um, it was just uh, surface level, I guess. It wasn't as deep as I wanted, and I really was fascinated with just your biblical knowledge and how much you love the word, and I was like, I want to love the word like that, mm -hmm. and I didn't, and... Uh, and it wasn't anything I could learn in Sunday school. <laughs> and so... Unfortunately. Unfortunately, which which is sad to say. Um, but I was like, nobody I go to church with loves a word like this. And that's that feels mm. wrong to me at the time. And so when I could see that you love the word and you applied the word, even when I didn't want you to, <laughs> several times. And um, even when I was super frustrated with you, you were still like, but this is what the word says. And it was never about your opinion, but it was always about what the word says. That's good. And I really valued that. And I was like, because I can't argue that. I can argue your opinion all day, but I can't argue and the word. And she will. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't argue the word. Mm -hmm. So, and that's really what bought, brought the intimacy with the Holy Spirit and just knowing God for who he is because knowing the word helped me know his heart and conviction and all those things a lot better than just knowing Bible stories. That's good. Yeah, yeah. so just having that knowledge. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that Turner kept saying in youth ministry, we're mm -hmm. going to talk about that a little bit because we were talking about how fun it is now that we all <laughs> work together in ministry, which is so fun. Um, is that kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, which is kind of cliche. Yeah. Oh, and I see that your nails done. <laughs> Great. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> excuse us. <laughs> um, so people don't care how much the kids don't care how much they you know mm -hmm. until they know how much you care. Right. Um. So forget that it was me. One of the one of the five essentials. When I talk about the five essential tips to mentoring. Mm -hmm. I talk about the importance of compassion mm -hmm. and really meeting somebody where they're at, having that heart that connects with them, mm -hmm. but then also not sitting in that space with them. Yes. I Can you speak that. into that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I was dealing with, when we met, I was dealing with a lot of like anger and rebellion and um, all the, the awful stuff it is to deal with. Like when you get teenagers who are just rebellious and jerks, like <laughs> you don't want to be around them and they, they're super frustrating. And I was one of those. Um, and it's funny seeing that now, like, I'm just like, <laughs> I need so much more compassion, <laughs> but, um, I was one of those people. And I remember, cause I watched that part this morning, um, and just how it was like compassion and sacrifice. And I, I realized from this side of things, like how much 
Listen. sacrificial it was for you to continuously answer my phone calls in the middle of the night and continuously encourage me and even now it's continuously encourage me when I'm feeling dis discouraged and mm -hmm. having compassion for me especially in that time when nobody had compassion for me in that season mm -hmm. or it felt like it I say that nobody did it felt like nobody really mm -hmm. had compassion for me and where I was in that season um, I feel like even my youth pastor was like, please take her, do something with her at <laughs> the time. And um, because nobody really knew how to deal with me. And I think that, that that's the biggest mm -hmm. part, I think, is just having compassion for where the, where students are at or where anyone you're mentoring mm -hmm. or discipling. Um, mm -hmm. Like compassion is probably the biggest thing mm -hmm. to know and say and just say like I see where you're at and I validate your feelings but you don't have to stay there and you don't have to stay in that pit and I'm I, I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna let you pet the kitty like you used to <laughs> yeah know. I'm not gonna you know entertain your emotions and your rebellion in these places because you like just seeing people's potential I think is a big part of that yeah that's good so it's really good so you mentioned a little bit about our relationship now. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things um, that I've talked about is, you know, evangelism and converting. Like, the Bible doesn't say go and make converts. Right. It says go and make disciples. And so yeah. that is a, a commitment. It's a lifelong commitment. So you're 29 now. Mm -hmm. So I have had the honor and the privilege, and when I say that, I say that in, with genuineness, of really just being a part of your life now for 13 years. Yeah. Um, and we have multiple years ahead of us. So that discipleship process continues. Mm -hmm. So share a little bit about what that looks like now for you. Uh, yeah, it does look very different. We don't meet every Thursday at TGI Fridays anymore, and I don't live with you anymore. Um, so <laughs> I moved out and got married when I was 19. Um, but it, I guess it's just continuing to engage in relationship, counseling when I need it, like being able to call you still. Um, I work for you now, and I guess a lot of that becomes um, just discipleship in the workplace and in businesses. Yes. And, um, you've helped me a little bit with building my own business and things like that. And so it just, it transforms as you grow and as you continue moving and so, and just what you pursue. Mm -hmm. So it's just been counsel and um, coaching and all the things that you have to offer everyone else, like, but you've done that for me my entire life, basically. Yeah, yeah. And so, it's, in some regard, just super organic. Yeah, yeah. Super organic. Yeah. So let's flip the switch. Yeah. Because part of the goal of discipleship is we want to raise up disciples to therefore then go and disciple others, mm -hmm. which you are now doing. Mm -hmm. yeah. So talk to us a little bit about your experience as a mentor and what you've been able to learn and take into the next generation of discipling and or anything that you've changed, things that you've made your own. Any one of those things. Um, I'm going to reference uh, your last, or the last video I watched, is like living a life of imitation. And I feel like, you know, as you go into your 20s, there's all these fun things you want to do. But then I have to reflect on like what I'm passionate about. And it's the discipleship and discipleship process. That's because um, that's what changed my life. And so it's constantly going back and evaluating myself and the process and the journey that I'm on. And constantly pursuing the Holy Spirit so that I'm living a life of imitation because it, it doesn't work to just go and say, let me disciple you to students, you know. They want to see somebody that they can connect with, I guess, mm -hmm. or something that they want. Mm -hmm. um, at least that's how it was for me. Right. And so um, being on the other side of things, I think there's um, living a life of imitation is number one, the, the number one thing. I feel like, and then having to grow in compassion and being able to sacrifice my time for students to mm -hmm. um, 
it's just very different, I will say. It's, there's a lot of receiving, but there's still a lot of receiving and giving, too. Mm -hmm. So, because you have to constantly be in a place of, um, correction's not the right word, of just being willing to be corrected by the Holy Spirit, I guess, mm -hmm. and guided by the Holy Spirit. As the mentor is what you're saying. As the mentor. Yes. Got yeah. you. Uh-huh. Yeah. And not every student is the same. So, the same yeah, way that I really love it respond to somebody that was like me growing up I don't respond to them the same way you would have responded to me or students are so different mm -hmm. you know in their own journey so um it's constantly and it's the same in counseling so you've trained me up in counseling <laughs> I am the counselor that I am because I was counseled for 10 years <laughs> <laughs> and the best that. training room is just in the receiving yeah it really is yeah and so um, I think it's the same in discipleship. Like I, I've gotten the greatest training because I've lived through it for the last 13 mm -hmm. years. And mm -hmm. so, so I talked in the, one of the first sessions mm -hmm. about my mentor, Kate. Kate yeah. And um, so we have, I, I would love to somehow be able to like satellite her in and do a, I know, wouldn't that be fun? Maybe yeah. I bet you could probably figure that out because yeah. you're, she's a, she's the techie side. <laughs> uh, but, um, you've been able to interact with Kate mm -hmm. and experience. So share a little bit about what that's like to see that because Kate doesn't live here. So in some regard, her, I had my relationship with her that I moved to Texas. Mm -hmm. I still had a relationship with her, had a relationship with you. And so you kind of got to learn through osmosis about mm -hmm. Kate, mm -hmm. but what is it like being in, and then she has mentors above her. Yeah. So in, we talk about how in a lot of ways you're a fourth generation disciple. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal. Yeah, it's it's a huge honor because uh, it's just to, it's the people that I'm sitting under that I'm like I am like multiple generations of discipleship. But I love Kate. I um, I love seeing y'all's relationship because it is very different than yours and my relationship. It's super so, different. Yeah, I love um, that you brought that up. Yeah. Um, so you do, whoever you're getting mentored by or whoever you're discipling doesn't have to have the same likes. It doesn't have to have the same personality. Um, but there are qualities and characteristics that they have that can always be passed on to the people around mm -hmm. you. So she's very different um, than you are, and but yet there's still um, a mentorship there. Mm -hmm. Like there's still. Mm -hmm. What was the question? <laughs> Just how? What is it like? What, what, is, it like? Okay. what is it like from your perspective to, be yeah. able to see these generations yeah. above you? I mean, it, it's a total honor because then you know I have this massive respect for Kate just because of who she is and what she's done in your life mm -hmm. and in turn in my own life just from her yes to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And living a life of invitation to you, in front of you. Yeah. You know? And so you brought up a couple of times um that my relationship with her looks very different than my relationship with you, which mm -hmm. is I love that you brought that up. Because I brought up earlier like when we're raising up disciples, we don't want them to look like us. Yeah. We want them to look like Christ. Yeah. Um, and who Jesus has designed you to be. Yeah. So share, I, I, you know, like, so I gave the example that Kate has a personal conviction. She wears a head covering. She doesn't speak from a stage. She's obviously very different, different, but she's never squelched me in any no. form or fashion. And I think I'm going to put you totally on the spot. Like, sure. where are some places where you feel like, um, you can see I was intentional not to force you to look like me, but we're like, this is an area where you're very different than I am. And there was kind of a grooming of who you're designed to be versus you need to look like me. Hmm. I know I'm putting you on the spot. That's I'm, a really I'm not really sure if I can come off of, off the top of my head either. 
but I was curious to know. Well, I think it, it helps that when you're even in counseling, like you never have said like, this is the way you need to do it. You've always referred me back to Holy Spirit. Oh, that's good. And so, um, you've never, you've never given me the example by just saying, do things as I do them. You've always referred me back to the Holy Spirit who knows me personally more than you would know. Absolutely. Me personally. And so my convictions look different than your convictions. Yeah. And so, um, I think that, that, that's the biggest part of it is that you were constantly referring me back to the person who makes me an individual in the first place mm -hmm. and not necessarily saying this is the way you should do things because I am not a speaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was like, I'm feeling a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. I was like, it'll be fine. Yeah. So. Uh, okay, I love that answer. So uh, you have kind of gone down this path of pursuing your doula. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about that for, for another <laughs> right. day. Um, just because I want to promote her. Yeah. Because, you know, that's what moms and, and do. Um, but there's, there's like an element of some discipleship there because mm -hmm. what you're doing is you're coming alongside, not just at the birth, mm -hmm. but you're there for the entire pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about how you see some of the discipleship concepts now being, cause we talked about it in crazy, Eight, like mm -hmm. obviously you work, you do case management with residents, you work with community. We've talked about, yeah. talked about it with youth, but can, like, I, I want to connect the dots between kingdom principle and just any occupation so looking at your occupation as a doula mm -hmm. how would you connect the idea of discipleship there mm, I, it definitely requires a lot of sacrifice because you really have to like put away your own emotions your own feelings your own opinions even um That's for good. the for the sake of the birthing person or the client or the parents because it's not my family, it's not my, it's not my child, it's not right. my experience, and so it's a, it's a lot of sacrifice in that um, you definitely have to pull away and kind of discern. Like I'm not going to force what I think and what I feel and my opinion on you, but I'm going to help cultivate an atmosphere to where you can make your own decisions. Be Ooh, confident say that again. Want. Cultivate an atmosphere where you can make your own decisions. And, Ooh, that's so good. That's so good. Um, be confident in your decisions and what in your choices. Right. And so that's the majority of my job in that aspect is that I just continue and that's what I do. So it's more of advocating for you to get what you want and do what yeah. things you you want to do yeah. in your own birth. So um, it's never about like I'm here to help you. It's more like I'm just here to make space for you to do what you want to do. That's good. Um, which I feel like is relative to discipleship. I think you always gave me space to grow and figure things out on my own and experience my own consequences even sometimes um, instead of learning things through wisdom. Mm -hmm. Or you gave me wisdom and I still had to learn through consequences. <laughs> um, either way, um, it was a lot of like just kind of taking, knowing when to take a step back and say, you got to figure it out on your own because you can't hold my hand the entire time. Mm -hmm. At some point, you have to let go and let them make their own decisions. Mm -hmm. So, I think that's good. I love the, um, so again, when we're talking about that relational aspect, the, um, the importance of really cultivating connection. Mm -hmm. So whether you're, I mean, I hear you saying over and over again, and I see you at Crazy Ministries really being intentional that outside of your case management times or counseling times with residents, that there is that constant interaction. You're popping in, you're mm -hmm. checking on them, texting them, those kinds of things to really cultivate um, that space or that atmosphere that you said where they feel safe. Yeah. A, to make their own decisions, giving mm -hmm. them room to make their own decisions, helping them self-discover. Mm -hmm. um, and 
it's interesting because it sounds like again like when you're talking about the whole doula thing that that it's just you have to build that connection mm -hmm. so one of the things that i i have talked about in the app in the episode that says how to connect in the disconnected culture mm -hmm. you know and turn, uh, yeah, yeah so turner and i talked a little bit about that how the heart of discipleship is really connecting mm -hmm. um and how students nowadays I can, I give the example, like if I want to change the oil in my car, I don't need to call my dad and stand mm -hmm. next to him and have that relational experience because I can just Google it. Yeah. Right. So how do you feel like, and I asked her this question, how do you feel like the phone, TikTok, texting, Snapchat, YouTube, all of these things, how do you feel like that has been a hindrance as you've tried to disciple students, really try to connect with them as they are used to being very disconnected and really can grow intellectually and in their understanding and knowledge mm -hmm. through information online. Yeah. Can you speak into that a little bit? I know it's kind of a... Um, yes, I guess. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Um, I feel like just having a phone and all the information at your at your fingertips is really just a hindrance to relationship right um but I, I you know i don't really know how to work this but i i mean aside from i agree with that then i don't really know specifically i know when i meet with students i'm a lot a lot of times i'm like don't look at your phone while we're at the table you know mm -hmm. are you expecting a phone call are you <laughs> are you expecting mm -hmm. somebody or it, mm -hmm. like because if it's important that's understandable mm -hmm. but i don't want you to miss out on a relationship and i'm intentional to lead that by example like if i'm having dinner with well, somebody, I, like I put my phone away mm -hmm. um or you know i turn on silent because i'm going to be intentional to give them my full-time attention mm -hmm. because that's that's really what pulls them in it's mm -hmm. not that um i have all this knowledge like you said before yeah. it's that um, I have compassion and I have time mm -hmm. for them and I'm available. For yeah. Them. It's so interesting. I meet with a couple of students sometimes and occasionally they'll pull out their phone and I'll just sit there and mm -hmm. just watch and they'll kind of like look at me and I'll be like, I'll wait. Yeah. But I'm, you know, a lot of times if somebody pulls out their phone, what do you do? You're like, oh, good opportunity for me to check my phone. And I love that you brought up like just mm -hmm. the example there of saying like, I'm going to put my phone up because this time is valuable to me mm -hmm. and I want to make eye contact with you. And so it's really, I mean, we got to really push into there, Yeah. but also to that same point, I think you're very good at, um, tapping into some of the resources that they are used to, mm -hmm. to connect with them as well. Sure. Um, so I know sometimes with clients and stuff, you'll use messaging YouTube, on Instagram. Messaging on in Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes we do have to connect with them in that place, Yeah. Yeah. you That's know, true. Yeah. and pull them out of that as well. So it's a little bit of a conundrum. I wasn't really necessarily, yeah, yeah. there was no direct question there, just kind of wanting your thoughts on that. Yeah, I've had to re-download Snapchat so I can have a conversation with students because that's all they use. So, And it's interesting how they, you know, again, we kind of call it the straw man technique where they're like, oh, there's not really anybody there so I can say anything I want. Mm -hmm. Um, in, in some regard, we take advantage of that mm -hmm. <laughs> to yeah, try and sure. cultivate a safe place for them to open up and such as well. Yeah. So, all right. Anything you want to add? If you were going to give somebody, I, I do have a question. Okay. Okay. I ended this with Turner. If you were to give somebody <laughs> one tip that's action, an actionable tip of something they can do to build a discipleship or, or in a discipleship relationship, what do you feel like you would tell them to do? Uh, I definitely make yourself available. Like, 
I feel like I was convicted of this like over the weekend just because I'm kind of halfway in church half of the time and I felt like the Lord was like I can't use you if you're only halfway available basically mm, and so good. I was like I'm go okay I'll go okay. <laughs> yeah. so I'm gonna be there on Sunday um but basically I think making yourself available because I don't think I would have come to you in the first place or you wouldn't have been an option or the Lord wouldn't have said you if you weren't there every Wednesday, every Sunday, every Monday night when I play volleyball, you know, mm -hmm. whatever it was, um, make, being available to yeah. us. I love that because I think um, sometimes, and you and I have talked about this, like we go somewhere, we do something and when we don't feel used course you don't feel valued whatever mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and so some of you are like why am I even here mm -hmm. you know like I, I feel I have felt that way I know you have felt that way but there's power in availability mm -hmm. and just so I'm just here just in case mm -hmm. I'm just here just in case when somebody's ready mm -hmm. I will be here mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting especially when we're talking specifically about students how valuable presence is yeah just being that just that constant presence in their life yeah so I really appreciate you saying that and talking about, in some regard, just that ministry of presence, mm -hmm. just being available, being present, um, and being that safe place. Mm -hmm. I am honored to have you here. You guys do love my kids. Um, so Turner was like, I'm going to be stoked to watch Kyler's to see if, if some of the verbiage that we use is all the same. And some of it is the same, yeah. and some of it's very different. Um, and so I'm going to have you on again. Okay. We're going to talk about more topics. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know what topic it is. But we'll figure it out. Hey, we'll you guys, so leave a comment in the comments. Like, if there's something specific that you want to ask Kyler, or if there's a specific topic you would love to hear us talk about, or more about discipleship, more in our relationship, or completely transparent, vulnerable, all, yeah. the, all the things. Um, so we would love to hear back from you. Don't forget to click like, subscribe, share this video. Ah! And remember, enforcing purpose it starts, starts with you. you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.